it's taken years to get to that point and be like, I can never blame the culture right. on anything. I can just look at my life and my and my actions and wonder how it got from point A to point B. Street by street, block by block, me and Burdan are taking it back. Welcome to Worst Gig Ever on Revolver. I'm your host, Jeff Garlock. This is the podcast where we talk to musicians about how terrible it is to be a musician. Uh, terrible shows, uh, terrible lives doing those shows, and uh, this one is no exception. Uh, I've got my old friend, Michael Burdan. He is from the band Uniform. I've known him for a very long time many phases and we talk about all those phases uh yeah we get into what it was like back in philly we get into of course the two of us talk and it's gonna go to horror uh and the state of the world uh and i think it's a great talk and i hope you do too so keep on listening and also make sure you go check out any of our old episodes if you haven't yet on revolver and also at worst gig ever podcast.tumblr.com all of our old episodes are up there but for now Get into it. Earth Crisis is better than anything. Maybe not. So, uh, usually we start with a, uh, a worst gig. Whatever, whatever your one... doesn't have to be the best one. It could be anything. It could be job-related. could be band-related. This is going to get really existential. Good. Um, <laughs> what I expect out of you, Berdan. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, there are there, there are tears to to worst gig, and there's like you know like spiritual soul crushing. There is like equipment malfunctions. Mm-hmm. There's like getting in fights with people in the crowd. There's <laughs> like you just you're like you're just bad at this. There's also like the like <laughs> I'm playing a show and it's going well and people are responding but I'm like almost 40 and I look out and wonder what I'm doing with my life and that like all I have is this like Johnny Carson-esque stupid human trick um, that I'm I've now tried to make into something that I can make a living on right and um, as Judd Apatow says this is 40 this it is, man. Apparently. And, and like, like you're sitting there, you're like, man, like, I wonder when my life's going to happen. And you're like, oh, shit, my life's happening. <laughs> yeah, this is it. It, it gets kind of weird. But, but anyway. Um, <laughs> um, so, I mean, in that, way, in that regard, every gig could be kind yeah. of like a worst gig. But, As you get older, every gig becomes a worst gig. Yeah, you know, I have really bad knees, man. Yeah. Um, but um, I would say worst gig in recent memory uh, when Ben and I started Uniform in mm-hmm. like late 2013, we had worked on a number of projects together up until that point. We'd become like, at least in our minds, like somewhat seasoned in what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
immediately got to thinking that we were kind of like too big for our britches, right? Always a good way to start a band. <laughs> so like, you know, we have this practice space. We we write these like two very long songs that were not very good, right? Um, but of course, because we made them, we thought that they're fantastic. Um, the audience we, is too dumb to get it. Fuck them. Nah, man. Because they're wrong, probably. They, they they're wrong because I'm great at what I do, right? <laughs> um, you know, and that, you know, this is what I'm what I'm saying to myself at the time. Yes. Ben's saying it to himself at, at the time. You know, we're we're both just cocky. Yes. And um, so we we book a show at uh, at Nothing Changes, Sneaky mm-hmm. Sneakers and Store, and we're nice enough to have us. And we bring our own PA because you know. The, the home sweet home PA just couldn't handle like you know the fucking like the the, the power monster right. that like we that we were gonna that pulsating we're gonna rhythm yeah. you will provide we're like we're gonna change your life you right. know like you're, like like your ears are gonna bleed and you're gonna fucking hate it but like you're gonna hate it in the way that you're supposed to hate it because right. like you know we're fucking artists um, <laughs> anyway we we bring our PA sounds loud and stupid during soundcheck but like but it's cool you know it's like the kind of loud and stupid that we want right um we brought a friend of ours to do sound um who's like you know a somewhat seasoned like sound engineer everything's like all right cool like this is just gonna be pushed to the limits it's gonna be great um during our first fucking 10 minute too long song of course we get a minute and a half in before the smell starts to kind of overtake <laughs> us. And look back, and our PA is on fire. Perfect. Um, the, the, the PA that we brought is smoking, and there are flames. It couldn't like, take how powerful and great this song was that you had written. You were right. I, I mean, there's that, or it just rejected the song as yes. we should have. Right. Uh, it was the proper critic. Yeah. Um, and then the guy who we had doing sound, um, who was also like daisy chaining it through the um, through the home sweet home system, mm-hmm. um, he, he he was very drunk, and he was just sitting back there going perfect, um, making. Making motions, and we we <laughs> perfectly set up to do the one job that he has. Yeah. So like our our twenty minute set, you know, wound up being like a you know seven minute set or something. Right. And most of that seven minute set was just like, oh shit, like this is on fire, right. and like people standing around going like, I guess. <laughs> Might have been like a early boredom's early eye thing you were doing. (laughs) Like, you know, oh, are they going to bring a backhoe in? No, no, they're just bad at setting up PAs. Yeah. But I mean, this is like, this is what happens. It it reminded me of when I was like, you know, 16 in my first band. And we all just like thought that we were fucking great. Oh, my God. Yeah. Coming out and like covering Chokehold and Earth Crisis. And like, you know, we're like... We're gonna we're gonna blow fucking minds. Wait, like, what show sh- called it? Earth Crisis sucks. Oh, if God. you could remember, if I can. Not, I can. <laughs> Prison of Hope. Uh, no, we covered <laughs> more than ever. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And we covered Firestorm. Perfect. Um, it's a crowd pleaser, baby. 
you know, Nothing like questionable uh, lyrics uh, really, about welfare generations. You don't think about it at the time. And, it's weirdly you know, it's like, something I wrote down as like something to talk about with you, where it's like there are still there are bands that I still like. I still love Earth Crisis. Like I mm-hmm. listen to them surprisingly consistently. Mm-hmm. But it is like a lot of the stuff. I mean, there's so much stuff, especially in hardcore, especially that era of hardcore that we cared so much about. That like in retrospect, like even at the time, I thought it was questionable, but like. There is something very odd about these 16-year-olds from Syracuse using the term welfare generation. And even if they co- couch it in like, oh, it's about the Black Panther movement, it's just like, oh, it's kind of racist what you're doing. And yeah. basing an entire record about Gomorrah, where I'm like, oh, so Sodom and Gomorrah? So you're kind of pulling into one of the most like kind of like stories used to promote homophobia out of the Bible as a way to prove like oh we just don't drink like what a weird thing it's the same as like I remember we had Larissa from Venom Prison on once and we were talking about uh, the co-opting of the word rape Mm. in especially hardcore but like especially like uh, you know a lot of the music maybe like both of us trafficked in of like listening to Mm -hmm. like where it's just like yeah like talking about the rape of Mother Earth is also kind of denigrating to the power of what a harsh reality that is especially coming from a bunch of white 16 year old to 18 year old men like mm. in 1994 to 1997 it's really rough like there's a lot of things yeah. like that I'll go and every time I listen it's so hard with Firestorm being one of the greatest hardcore songs to me ever because it's nothing but Chunk and Mosh mm-hmm. who doesn't want Chunk and Mosh it's, it's also fun. it's funny because I remember the first time I saw Earth Crisis probably 1993 or so and this uh, this is gonna like 93 or 90 no it wasn't it was 94 mm-hmm. um, and um, I remember someone going around the crowd handing out um Handing out a, uh, a printout of uh, the lyrics to Agnostic Front's Fascist Attitudes. Perfect. And uh, reading this and going like, what? And that guy <laughs> wound up getting beat up. Uh, right. And it's funny. I, there's a, I have a lot of, like, I mean, Earth Crisis were, I, I, was, I hesitate to call them a complicated band because they're very much not. They're like meathead, hyper-conservative, pro-life yeah. jerks. Uh, but, they, then, they were, but then I think actually some of them might be cool now. Well, so that's um, the thing. Like, yeah. I really love Sect. Yeah, I think so. Who's yeah, with Chris really Colahan, yeah, and Chris is great. the most progressive. Yeah. Also, so the, I'm just like, oh, maybe something's got to be given here. Like The, the original singer from Earth Crisis is this guy, Shane Durge, who right. is, like, a, a cryptozoology guy. Right. And, like... He's cool. Right. Uh, I've, I've, I've known him for a while. I mean, also, uh, weirdly, yeah. musically, there's now there's also, as an old man, no getting around that. I once read that they are all upset with how his voice sound on Destroy the Machines, but love how it sounded on Gamora's season ends. So I was like, oh, I guess we just have different ideas of what good is. So always, even if I talked to them, I'd be like, oh, we're going to have a clash. I mean, I remember when they did that like DVD where they went to Japan, and I was just yeah. like, that ain't cool. You can't be running around wearing kimonos. Like, this is like YouTube bull bullshit like before YouTube bullshit and that's just straight up racist it's the questionable parts of Jackass that make me feel weird when I'm like Jackass is the funniest thing that's ever existed to me it's fucking great now bringing bringing it back to 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 this um, I I haven't thought about Earth Crisis in fucking years so it's very strange that we're talking about this like this but it's It's frustrating how much I think about them it's worth going into um 
So I believe it was University of the Arts in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it might have been somewhere else. Anyway, Sean McCabe from uh, like Ink and Dagger, Credit yep. Cult, uh, got on stage um, or like did something where I wasn't there. But there was something where like he like threw yogurt. At Classic Carl, story. Or he like got on stage in a fur coat, like. Some shit happened. Which is also uh, a crazy part because that story. So, like, this is also the changing, not to derail, but the, the changing of the times where, like, in my mind, that was, like, a story we all knew. The world of hardcore knows that story. Yeah. And now I'm like, maybe people don't know that story. Like, that was a universal. It was a universal story. At one point. Kind of like like when we were t- texting yesterday mm-hmm. and you um, you mentioned Agna Moraine's autobiography. Oh, and, like, yeah. We, like, like... I, auto- I automatically knew what you were talking about because if you're talking about that band, you have to be talking about the worms. But the problem, the correction, not Agna Moraine's autobiography you're talking about. So, just, well, oh, now no. we're just hitting two friends in talking. Rent America. It's come up on this. Oh my God. <laughs> they had the split. Yes. Agna Moraine's autobiography was post Constantine Sankathy. I hated their 7 inch because it just was recorded so terribly, but. Rent America. America was the one who fell on the ground screaming about the worms. Who are now members of Face Down and Shit, like maybe Windhand, actually. Interesting. Like, it, like uh, at least one member of that at one point used to play shows, and they have one famous show that showed up on a message board that you and I used to frequent a yes. fair amount. Board.crucial.org. Yes. Uh, shout out to Snickerbutt. <laughs> yeah. But it was that they played one show where they freaked out crying up and they started screaming but what about the worms yeah because we were paving over the earth, earth. and, and people the couldn't help but laugh worms 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 <laughs> and then which is the ultimate of like that era of hardcore yeah. was so dumb <laughs> the world we came from might have been really stupid <laughs> fast forward not too many years yeah, and um uh chad the singer from um, from Puritan who yep. went on to play on Hassan Saba and then like ultimately in the Otisonic yep. um, he and I had a band together for a very short period of time did not know that in the late 90s it was very bad okay, and it good. didn't last for very long it was with uh, Carrie Joe from Makara who was his partner at the time and Love Rudy Makara yeah Rudy from the Otisonic who uh, R.I.P. My, was my roommate at the mm-hmm. time recently passed away hope he's doing well wherever he is um, but anyway he put out Rent America, uh, Agnum Rain's autobiography split. Yes. That, like, the card stock on it was really weird. It was never really in any stores, and it didn't get around at all. Um, and he gave me multiple copies. And I remember the front of it, the, the title of the, the, the split was, This One's For the Worms. <laughs> and at the time, I didn't know about the yes. worms story. And so, like, when the worms story came about... <laughs> It was very profound to me, and I went and I asked Chad about it, and he's like, you know, people are just fucking dicks. Uh, <laughs> they don't understand the... <laughs> and like, he was very pro-worms. Um, and, uh, like, I get the point of the story. It's the... Like, I get the ethos behind it. Like, I get the... Like, I think we all... That's the thing, is, like, we probably all get the... The, the idea of, like, yes, mankind is taking over the earth, we are paving over nature, etc. Yeah. The hard part, and that was also sometimes the hard part, and maybe we can even go into that thinking about, especially like the Philly scene where you came from and everything, but mm. like the, uh, 
the the non-recognition of the absurdity of it all. Like the fact that like when I say all literally I mean the entire world is absurd. Yes. But the fact like the 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 unrelenting uh, lack of humor that would come across even in labels I was associated with. Like Ebullition was like humorless, but I also was a lot of times like Kent is very funny. Like, yeah. why is he hiding it behind? But in like you know the Mountain Collective, like all these various labels that existed in those years, there was a very there was a self seriousness that took over, and that existed in the the uh, scene of that type of world that made also a lot of times for me these feel like worse gigs. <laughs> like, Absolutely, and like at the time I. And not I, wanting jokey bands. On the other no. end, I never cared about jokes in music, but just being aware that, like, the Bill Burness of it, of just like, I think everything's stupid, but also I'm an idiot as well. I mean, it's one of those, like, you had, like, you know, your Adam and his package, or your Judd Judd, or, like, sure. whatever, who were, you know, aware of what they were doing, and, like, it's hyper ironic. Right. Like, like, oh, I'm covering the Misfits on a Casio. Like, <laughs> right. Cool. Um, but, um, uh, I, I remember at the time reading, you know, X number of Y vegan pamphlets mm-hmm. or um, whatever Brian from Catharsis was putting out with Crime Think. And, uh, I remember think, Earth Crisis passing out multiple yeah. how-to monkey wrench things and the guy being oh. angry because I was like, he was like, oh, you can't take all of them. Could yeah. you maybe photocopy and d- distribute too? I go, yeah, sure. I'll do that, buddy. <laughs> Never did it. I mean, at the time, I... I felt bad because I felt like I should be I should have been more into it than I was sure it's like my friends the people who I was looking up to were all like you know took like everything having to do with like you know using the dialers on the payphones and like the uh, the Greyhound bus scams and all the Kinko scams they took it very seriously Mm -hmm. and they like lived and died but I'm like this you know the way that you guys are pulling these scams the way that you guys kind of talk about communal living, the way that you guys um, kind of, like, weirdly celebrate your whiteness through, mm-hmm. like, be, like by saying that, like, if you're poor and, like, you're miserable, you're doing it wrong. Right. Um, and that was a quote that right. I think was... That went around for a bit that... Sounds very crime-thinky. <laughs> it was, and, you know, I recently heard that he addressed that and like recanted it and had like you know through like 20 years of reflection right um got like gone and said like you know that was i was wrong right and uh, you know that's important like you, I, it's, you can't that's, be ian mckay and be like i still stand behind guilty of being white like just be fine with just like yeah i was 16 yeah i mean i had a wrong version of like a, a version that was not as nuanced as it should be of the fact that I was in a predominantly African American school, <laughs> like, man, there were songs that I wrote maybe a, a little over ten years ago, mm-hmm. and like you know, we're in the same age. Yes. I was in my late twenties. I right. should have known better. Yeah, uh, and it's easy for me to be like, oh, a different time, like right. you know, like the mid, the mid aughts or whatever. But like, I look back on things that I said, things that I did, and like you know. Think, especially things that I put in songs and line right. notes, and I'm fucking appalled. It's like right. that's not the human being that I want to be. And it's like, you know, I, it's like I'm there in like liner notes to a record, like wearing like a Death in June shirt with a totem cuff, and that's <laughs> like, you know, say whatever about Death in, in my I, mind I, is yeah. the Burdan uniform of ten to fifteen years ago. Yeah, 
And like because that's just how I knew you. Like that's just your that was your day to day. I dressed like that for years. Yeah. And like, fact, and I, you know, I still dress the same way, but I'm more sure. choosy about like the imagery that I put on yes. my body. And like, yeah, we can get into. I'd, I'd rather not get into the fucking nuance about Death and June. I don't care about that. Hundred percent. Whatever. Fact of the matter there's so is, mu- there's so much more interesting than Death and June at this point. I don't fucking right. It, right. Two, okay, how about this? 2018 isn't a time for death in June. That's exactly. Um, but in fact, the matter is, never was there a time for someone wearing a totenkopf on their fucking shirt <laughs> right. who doesn't mean it a certain way. Right. Um, and at the time, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking that I'm ironic. I'm thinking that I can explain this. I'm really fucking like really subverting things and like mm-hmm. I wonder how many times I was on the train and there's like you know so like some Jewish person or some like per- some like black person or like otherwise mm-hmm. privatized person who's like looking at this fucking like jerk off white guy in right. his fucking Totenkopf shirt cause right. like they don't know what the fuck Death in June is right. um, they just see like this thing and I look back on that I look at the liner notes I look at all the like, the fucking pictures of me from that period of time wearing that and saying the shit that I said and like you know I'm grateful that I'm not who I was 15 years ago right. um, but you know that came with like a lot of unlearning a lot of pain a mm-hmm. lot of suffering and you know I at times I would have liked to have put that on other people and put that on the culture at large sure. or like you know hurting me what it like you know like you like you're putting me down. You're putting me in the corner. You're putting, like, you're you're tearing down like my system. This is just right. fucking. You're hard. marginalizing, you're marginalizing me. me. Like the fucking the white guy. <laughs> yeah, the six foot tall white dude. Cisgender white male. <laughs> yeah, like poor me. You don't understand my fucking art, dude. Fuck my art. Right. You know. Um, right. And it's taken years to get to that point and be like. I can never blame the culture right. on anything. I can just look at my life and my and my actions and wonder how it got from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never shit that's being done to me. Right. It's for the shit that I'm doing and the shit that I'm putting into the world. And that's like and yeah, like at that point in time I put that into the world and I'm like you know, I look back and I just fucking Shake my head. Yeah. You know? um, Does it put a weight on what you create now with uniform? Like, in, not in that you have to do a reaction to it, or is it just enough that it's just like, I'm? you're just aware enough of who you are now that, like, because I think sometimes that can be, not that I have any specific examples, but can be, like, exhausting as well if you're, like, trying to overcorrect for yeah, that no. in that's, music. That's the thing. It's like, you know, I don't want to fucking, like how to live in penance you know right it's like i think because it's also it's not like you're coming from in my opinion of knowing you for a very long time it's not like you're coming from like a world of like anytime i listen to i want to say 99 percent of black metal musicians mm. who try to vaguely defend some dumb thing that they were like yeah i put the word aryan on my record and it's just like some weird reasoning that i'm just like just be better at explaining yourself slightly That's... You're, you're getting it's the it's the same louis ck stuff like honestly like it's just like just 
deal with you were an idiot. Like, give me at least I was an idiot completely. Yeah, I mean, man. I don't care about your persona that you thought, like, using Jew as something was, like, a valid term. Uh, no matter if it's cultural or what. Exactly. I, like, I never want to ever say, like, well, actually. I never want to tell somebody how they're supposed to feel about mm-hmm. some shit that I made. Right. And... You know, when it comes to like you know, uni- like content and uniform now, of course it's informed by mm-hmm. my life and my experience. Um, but you know, here's the thing: I still am like a cis white male of a certain like in a certain age bracket mm-hmm. and a certain economic bracket. Mm-hmm. Like everything is still fucking handed to me. I was hanging with like I was hanging with some friends. Um, uh, control the synth shop up uh, up the road, and they were talking about how some some one of their customers was complaining about not being able to get booked um, because, like, you know, he's a white guy, and like, you know, like right the now, book it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, man, like, I'm fucking, I'm booked for God knows how right. long. Like, it, 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 like, just because there's a, a more even playing field doesn't mean that like you're put down right. or that like that you're getting less. And so I, I'm, I'm going on tangents here. That's all, mostly what this podcast yeah. is. <laughs> all I feel that like I really need to do, and it's an important thing to just constantly try to keep in mind is like how the thing that you're putting into the world might affect people. Right. And when somebody says that like something impacts them negatively, believe them and right. don't question their reasons right. for it. Like, and at the very least have a moment of being like, oh, I should think about why. Like, yeah. You might not agree with it because you might be at some point in your life, like whatever it is. No, but. totally. And like, you know, I, I don't think of myself as some like, you know, like woke ass dude. Like, right. I think of myself as someone who is consistently trying to be less of a dickhead than he was yesterday. Yeah, which is a great plan to have. If only 94% of the humanity would do that. Yeah, and straight up, I fucking fail at it. Yeah. Like, a lot. Like, you know, in the past year, I've, you know, me, like, I've I've gone from, like, patting myself on the back, thinking, like, you know, like, how, like, good and honest I am, like, all of the time Mm -hmm. with, like, with everyone to, like, you know, in, like, some, like, professional ways fucking things up and some very personal ways, like, really fucking things up and really hurting people. Right. And, like, you know, and, like, that shit that, like, weighs on me. And it's like, oh, well, why, why do I feel fucking guilty? It's like, because you're supposed to. Right. And that guilt will hopefully fucking propel you to not do the same shit, to not treat people like... Like, anything less than you want to be treated. Right. And... I would like to think, in my idea, like, in my surprisingly positive view, that, like, I would like to think coming out of the world we came out of, at the very least, in all the absurdity of the ridiculousness of it all, 
set me up because I was willing to be set up to be in that position now. Yeah. Like, set me up so, like, especially now that we're in a position where it's like, no matter what, we got Trump as a president, we've mm-hmm. got a fucking, we got Gavin McGinnis is a nightmare <laughs> that will not escape, and uh, God, like, he's the reason we almost weren't on Vice, and there were many other reasons we yeah. shouldn't have been on Vice, but... Like, I, I think, like, being in that world and being inundated with, like, no matter if people were or not, like, the concept of straight edge veganism, uh, anti-misogyny, anti-racism, like, antifa, like, uh, anti, like, uh, yeah. uh, anti, like, the idea of situationist, the idea of any other movement, the idea of all that stuff, like, inform me to be, at the very least, like, not in a, like, oh, I'm proving I'm better than everyone else, but mm. that I'm set up now when it's a lot harder as like a 40 year old to just be like let me just at least be conscious of what i've done wrong today totally. <laughs> like ideally i mean dude gavin mcginnis is such a fucking like apt example of like everything i never wanted to be mm-hmm. you know and you know he's someone who was irony that's not irony that no. has become he's careful of what you pretend to be yeah and like you know he's someone who was in the punk periphery, mm-hmm. uh, if not immediately in there, if I'm in, you know, like the 2000 right. whatevers. And like, you know, he was like kind of, like, there's no way that I didn't do drugs with Gavin McGinnis. Sure. Like, um, and what happens when your ideas are challenged and are asked, and when you're asked to grow mm-hmm. and you fucking refuse to and you dig in your heels right. is fucking that yeah and like all it is is a continuation of fucking 2005 vice culture he is (laughs) not that that dickhead has not changed brand right like the rest of the world like fortunately enough like the people that i choose to keep up with like like they have and because 2005 vice culture sucked then no (laughs) as i played the shows of it over and over again yeah Fucking, it was awful, and like it was just a lot of red stripe. Yeah, and like it's important to, like, to think and to like grow past that. Yes, and, I mean, you know, I know a lot of people. I've played with a lot of people. I've been close with a lot of people who have dug in their heels mm-hmm. in certain ways and said, like, you know, no, my art's being so like right. subjugated, like you don't get what I'm trying to do. Right. Um, and I don't fucking talk to them really anymore. Yeah. Because, like, you know, some... Sh- like, yeah, like, all art has the right to exist. You have the right to make whatever you want. Like, mm-hmm. that's great. You have to fucking live with consequences of that. Yeah. Like, somebody calls you an asshole for, like, throwing a fucking, like, swastika on the cover of your fucking Storm for your record. And right. then, like, you know, like... Or like, you made no. human centipede. You're the guy who made human centipede. It just kind of is what it is. You I, made the the what is the one with the the oh the whatever experiment? No, the fucking the Siberian film. Oh, a Serbian film. Serbian film. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like you made it. I don't know. Like, and you can yeah. do the yeah. You, you can make it. You just, yeah. Like nobody's fucking putting you in jail for that. Right. Like you're not being fucking censored. You, you can make up some logic that it's a comment on blah blah blah, and you're doing a like. Have you ever oh, seen that movie? No, because I don't like. It came right at the point where, and this kind of connects to a lot of our mutual interests, where I was just like, I think I'm done with 
pushing the limit movies. Yeah. As someone who loves horror and exploitation, but also was also at the point where it's like kind of connected to all this, like thinking about music and thinking about hardcore. And we've had these discussions for a long time mm-hmm. of like it, part of the problems of those genres and things I love are w- part of where we're at right now yeah. as a world. And I was just like, I don't have an interest in watching some guy fuck a baby. Like, honestly. No, like, totally, of course. I, I didn't really before. Like, Last House on the Left is hard enough to watch. Yeah. For me. There's like, at least and, a point and it's, to that. And it's an know, a point, it's like, it has a point yeah. to it. I don't buy that there's a point. Like, I just don't. Like, I, and, and also, I'm like, why do I want to sit through that? No, totally. Like, I'd rather enjoy. I'll see enough fucked up thing. I have enough things that I have to already be like, what will I show my 20-month-old son? Like, it's only recently that I'm like, Chrissy's like, are you going to wear that Cannibal Corp shirt as much in a month or two? I was like, I mean, he's dealt with the Halloween 3 masks and the new Halloween 2018 mask that's coming yeah. in March. Like, he laughs at it, so he's got to learn. I mean, this is what daddy does. Absolutely. But it is also hard when, like, there's just... It's hard to figure out I had a conversation with my wife the other day where I was just like, I love Italian horror films and giallos. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I I have a lot of friends at my comedy theater I would recommend. They should definitely watch Your Vice is a Locked Room. (laughs) Like, like, and just like, there's just a lot of like fucked up shit that I'm putting a bullshit, like some half bullshit lens on that it's transgressive and interesting, and half they were just kind of making a bunch of movies because Italia, uh, Italy's uh, laws are so crazy that you can make a billion Django's and Serpico ripoffs. Totally. Uh, and I like, I think that you touch on something really cool there, and something really important, in that like, you can watch this. Like, I've I, I still have like a deep affinity for fucking like, you know, gore cinema. Yes. And, uh, you know, in many ways, I, I, I identify more with horror than I do with music. Sure. Music just happens to be like the language that I fell in. But like I, it, in another life, I would have loved to have made horror movies. Hundred um, percent. But like, that's why I just do yeah. soundtracks for them. Yeah. The yeah. Slashing and Fear Town USA <laughs> on Troma DVD yeah. now. But it's like you know, much like, like all right. So you like you still listen to the fang record right you don't need to wear a fang shirt you don't need to tell everybody why they should be listening to fang (laughs) you know um you like you're really into fucking like cannibal ferox or like Mm -hmm. you know whatever like umberto lenzi like piece of shit it's like and it's like it's fine it's cool like i have my opinions on those and I'll talk about them with like in certain company, right. and I'll watch them on my own, yeah. like you know whatever. But like I'm not gonna fucking like wear a shirt or like tell everybody like, man, like you ever see in a glass cage? That's <laughs> fucked <laughs> up. Oh, you should see in a glass cage. You can't handle in a glass cage, right? Man, it's fucked up you should like it if you don't like it you don't get my art right. dude last night there was a fucking 35 millimeter screening of Sallow at um, at fucking uh, at Metrograph right yep. my partner and I were texting all day like should we go to this because it's like you're never going to see that on 35 sure. millimeter and her and I both hadn't seen it in like over 20 years we're both like we maybe like should kind of cool but then it's like 
why? Like, yeah. The only reason we would do it is to say that we did it and to like see that kind of print. But that's not a movie that you need to see more than once. No. And that's definitely not the kind of movie that you need to ever fucking like recommend right. to anyone. It's like one of those things that... Especially when you're 40 and it's like, no one cares about your record collection as much as you do anymore, and no one cares about your list of movies you've seen as much as you do anymore. Man, I don't even have a record collection anymore. I wish I didn't. <laughs> when um, I move, it'll be yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like you, you have to take some kind of like... some kind of inventory on and responsibility for what you are... Taking out. in and like, yeah, you can have your own independent fucking, you know, likes and interests. But like, I don't think that it's a bad thing that we're asked to think more no. about like what we what we make and how it affects other people. Right. I think that it's I, exhausting sometimes. Yeah, totally. As many like, things are. You've heard me talk about it too many times. Anytime I got a search of if a black metal band is too national socialist for me to deal with. Dude. Where I'm like constantly, I've said it maybe 50 times on this podcast, please Mugwa, don't be too fascist. Like, I, I love you Mugwa, but you're Polish and I get worried sometimes. I've gone through that so many fucking times. I've gone, that with, I've gone through that with people that I fucking know. And who I like straight up can't and not no not can't but fucking won't talk to anymore where it was like oh yeah you're the fucking black metal dude like cool whatever it's like you're really into black metal oh you're really into black metal right oh you're really into and it used to mean like you know like say like when i was first getting into this shit in like the late 90s through like the office like the deeper you were in like the deeper you were in you're fucking authentic you're real you're what and like at some point like it turned in my head like where it's like yeah like okay like you might not be a Nazi but like you hang out with Nazis and like <laughs> it's not but, but like you're not a Nazi uh, you just have like Nazi records right. and like you know like the, these sketchy records like they're like pretty okay it's like but you like kind of like get coffee with these dudes right. and, but like it's alright I still think you're cool and like at some point it turned and it's just like Dude, you fucking hang out with Nazis. Right. Like, well, because also, you. if like, it's something based around extremity, like, yeah, that's the exactly. reason, like, the Norwegian black metal scene had to get to where it did that became just this, like, cultural thing people love to talk about who don't even like black metal. But, yeah. like, it's, uh, you know, at a certain point, if everything's readily available, then you have to work harder to find the real fucked up stuff. Like, I think about two things. I think about one, how, like, we used to have to get stuff from Blackest Heart Media, yeah, totally. the catalog, which was where you'd get exploitation films and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that was to get, like, a copy of Dr. Of Dr. Butcher, M.D., just, like, a, more, a slightly less edited version of Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, or I think of, like, the movie 8mm. Mm-hmm. I love the movie 8mm. If you haven't seen it in a while, it's a <laughs> mess of a fucking movie. But it's about Nicolas Cage, and he's yeah. going into the depths of VHS culture to find a snuff film. Yeah. And find out if snuff films really exist. And they go to, like... A, a a extreme movie convention that's basically in a back alley where there's like barrels on fire yeah. and there's fucking steam everywhere. It's like this is the hard shit. Honestly, 
everything you could find in that within two minutes on internet yeah, right no, no, no. now all I'd have to do is type in three keywords and I'd be like oh I'm watching a fucking gorilla get fisted while they're fucking bukkakied like you're just like oops like I didn't even mean to look at it the algorithm sucks I remember buying all those creation books in like in the late 90s mm-hmm. and the, my favorite one was this one called Killing for Culture um and it was, um, it was like, it was this heavily footnoted, like, presented as like an intellectual exercise on like the realities in death film, right. like what death, which death films are real right. versus which aren't, which like snuff films might be real versus <laughs> right. which ones aren't, and like, you know, the, the it's it's a fairly like lengthy and involved book and I remember reading it and you know it basically said like you know no snuff films are real like right. blah 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 and it's like well I don't know at this point because YouTube probably begs to differ and like, I've watched a journalist get beheaded yeah it's exactly. a snuff film it yeah, exists like, I don't that, that myth that we've created doesn't exist anymore so that's where also like it, I think we have to double check ourselves in the music we create the, yeah. so that we don't continue to make worse and worse worlds because we're just trying to, you know, act like nothing's changed. Like, yeah. And, like, that's the thing. is like, we fucking, like, we let shit in. Right. Like, you know, bringing this into, like, you know, kind of, like, around to what we were talking about, like, you know, the snuff film thing, look at, like, Luca Magnata or mm-hmm. whatever. Anybody listens to any true crime <laughs> podcast, like, yeah. you already know what that is, but, like, do you think that people do this kind of stuff because they want it to be, like, isolated? Like, right. they, because they want it to be, like, under the radar, underground? No, they want to be fucking known. Right. Like, they, and they feel like they're going to get recognized right. for this shit. And like, which I think speaks to something. Even going back to music and pulling yeah. back, like, 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 you know, they, like we came from these scenes, but like, is it? This is kind of a worst gig version to me. Is the fact that like one of the hard parts of playing music mm-hmm. is not to use the overused term of introvert but I am more of an introvert than an extrovert but it's a thing that involves having to be around people yeah. and every scene I've been a part of I'm just like well I don't really love the people that are part of this scene either yeah. like the the hardcore scene the like Connecticut hardcore scene like I love my friends and I love going to the shows but yeah. at a certain point I was just like oh yeah this is a straight edge click or this is a crew or then we get into fucking like fucking FSU and any of that like that's a whole own thing and yeah. And then uh, the the quote unquote screamo world that's annoying. The mm-hmm. Vice world I was in annoying. Horror yeah. cinema world like I'm not comfortable at horror conventions. Besides the things I want to accrue for myself. Yeah. Uh, metal the same. I most time just like I like my friends, but I don't like you because I'm not sure we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how do you deal with that when you're playing shows? When you're on the road? Like, do you have a coping mechanism knowing that you've got these same kind of and oh, no matter yeah. what you're in a club you're in a stinky club that also like stinks of stale beer mm-hmm. garbage like shitty people it's funny because I think that like my experience with it at this point is so different from where it was you know when I first started doing this because when I first started doing this I was riding right along with mm-hmm. like all of the bullshit it was very much about like you know getting wasted, getting into fights, acting right. out, like, you know, just 
being like an asshole. Would you say that's in Philly and or New York or? I'd say it was in both. Both. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Philly is known. I would in my brain. A very funny thing about Philadelphia and like this kind of. You know, it's funny, we never finished the Sean McCabe story. Oh, right. The Sean McCabe and Dagger thing, uh, Earth Crisis thing was that. Sean, you know, threw yogurt or fucking whatever, Carl. Um, Anyway, I, for a very long time, had a similar haircut and a similar physique (laughs) to Sean. And I would, you know, a couple years later, I was a few few years younger than him. But a couple years later, people would mistake me for Sean. And a couple of times, like, weird fucking hardline dudes... Like came up to me and was like, "We're like, what the fuck?" And I'm like, "What are you, what are you talking about?" And they're right. thinking that I was it's like, like "Yogurt boy." Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like number one, I'm not nearly that talented or witty, um, but um, I, I wish I thought of the fucking yogurt slash sure. or quote slash like whatever shit. But like, I didn't. I wasn't there. Right. Um, anyway, Philadelphia was a very violent city. Mm-hmm. In, the 90s and like you know warehouse culture like Stalag 13 First Unitarian Church Kill Time all that um, Capitalist Casualties Hell Nation that's still a great show great show <laughs> forced, uh, forced my friend to drive from DC to there just know, so we could go see that show I saw you guys uh, I don't know if you were in the ba- in I think I was at that Stalag okay. show yeah um, but um, you know the things would happen at these places <laughs> I'll I remember Seeing Burn the Priest uh, used to play Stalag yep. like every fucking week, yep. right? And we were now Lamb of God, of course. Yep. As they got more popular, like they got like the Crust Kids who were originally going to see them were still coming, but then like metalcore people were coming, and like the last time, one of the last times Burn the Priest played Kill Time, this fucked up fight went went down. We're like, you know. You have these, like, these people, like, from just another world coming in and, like, fucking, like, having weapons and be, like, you know, beating up fucking, like, crusty kids with fucking brass knuckles and fucking, like... Mad balls. Yep, like, (laughs) taking fucking chairs over people's heads. And it's like, like, are are, okay? And that's just, like, what it was like. I think there were guns all the time like a fucking dog got shot outside of style like i think had another burn the priest show yeah. which i think that was like i've brought up before the show yeah. i played with earth crisis and fsu came to fuck with someone in connecticut and pulled the gun outside Dude, and it was just it like was, i guess this is what happens with we got hate free earth crisis there was shows. so many fucking things i remember somebody got shot outside of another earth crisis show and then like a week later like and like the guy who got shot like I think he might have passed away. Right. But um, a week later, the, the guy who did it showed up to a, uh, a Candiria floor punch show in, uh, in Trenton, New Jersey. And people were mad. And they fucking <laughs> chased him through, like, through, through, like, like, all around fucking Camden. And I think they caught him. He'd broken into somebody's house to try to get away. And... They, they broke into the house right along with him. They caught him in the middle of the house and beat the shit out of him in the house. Um, oh, Breakdown, we're playing that show, too. Of course. So, anyway, like, and that show got canceled. There is more to that story that I will tell you in private. Perfect. But, um, but I, I can't say because I can't say it without naming names, and it might be people who... Uh, 
long story short, without naming names, uh, uh, that show got merged with another show, a larger show, and fights broke out at that show. And the headlining band from that show pulled a gun on the crowd. Um, and Bulldoze, the final beatdown. <laughs> it, it was not Bulldoze. Oh, but, man, uh, I would have been so psyched if yeah. I had guessed Bulldoze. But, um, <laughs> but, the, but the thing with, like, with all of this is, like, it seemed fucking normal. That was just like... 100%. I, I, I remember fucking... At a Get Up Kids show. A fucking Get Up Kids show. F- fucking people came down with bricks and were beating people with bricks. Yeah. Um, it's something that it's, now that I'm surrounded mostly by norms. Like, yeah. you know, comedians who like like Yola Tango, maybe. <laughs> like, totally. Like, where yeah. I'm like, I'll talk any little store, and I'm just like, oh, that's not normal. Yeah. Like, and, you know, it is the realization we've had, I think we had literally on the podcast, that it's just like, oh yeah, when you look back, you forget that, like, the hardcore scene, the metal scene, you basically were like, I'm gonna surround myself with people that have mental illness, and don't realize it, because we're all coming from a fucked up place, and that's mostly ninety. Like the reason we're here yeah. is for that, and it's confu- it, You know, it leads to in the end, funny stories like the yogurt and like yeah, and, totally. You know that someone's getting beat down, and then there was a gun, and then FSU wanted to fuck with DMS, and then Courage Crew showed up, and this and this, and it's always <laughs> like, wait, what are you talking about? I know nothing about this world. Yeah, uh, and it's always was confusing to me too because I was like, oh well, it's hard when the politics of the basement culture world I'm in is what I'm into, but also the music of this thug stuff is maybe that I like more. So where in the twain do I meet? It's very strange. <laughs> you know, I, I very much, and I think a lot of people in Philadelphia did this, where like, you know, the logic was if you see these people beating up these people, right. you might as well try to be friends with the people who are doing the beating sure. because they're beating up everyone and it's eventually going to get to you. Hey, and so, I've like, reached 40 and I'm not sure I've actually ever been in a real fight and there's a reason. Like, I am, yeah. I'm a peacemaker except for when I make weird jokes and I'm just charming when I make them. I've been in, <laughs> like, lo- I've been in lots of fights. I haven't in a number of years. And we're all happy uh, about that. Not the least me. I'm <laughs> thrilled that I haven't. And I hope to never be in another fight again. But, like, me being in lots of fights isn't me fucking, like, you know, flexing my... I've gotten my ass kicked over and right. over. I'm not a good right. fighter. I was just a <laughs> lunkhead. And also, I was one of those people who was, like, trying to show up with my fucking friends. And yeah. it's like, like, I'm this insecure piece of shit. You had so- a lot to work through. <laughs> I guess I did. Like, As we all did. And the, but luckily, did. you're the one, like, you're one of the few who's done the work to get you to the place you are at now. I mean, yeah. That's kinda. how I look at it. You know, straight up, I kind of talked about this, like, a little earlier, but, like, yeah, there's still a lot of fucking work to do. I still fuck up. I still, like. The job never ends. Yeah, no. And, like, it should, like,. There needs to be this constant constant awareness. You can always fucking do better. You're always going to fucking fall down. But, like, I look back and I'm like, you know, like, I don't think I'm a fucking great dude. I'm not. I'm just a person. But I'm no longer living in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, <laughs> going to fucking, like, weird shows, trying to hang out with fucking, like, you know, like, like people with guns for protection. <laughs> right. Um, I'm no longer, like, 
getting in anyone's face uh, to like you know try to like you know prove myself. I'm right. No longer wearing shirts with totem cops on them. <laughs> this is um, another good move. That's, that's or like or hanging out with people who think that that's cool. Really. Right. Um, I'm no longer saying like awful things. I'm trying to actively no longer like treat people like shit but I fucking fail at yeah. like a lot of that all of the time and um I don't I don't know man like I'm grateful that like 2018 isn't 1996 cause right. like, you know if people look back like oh like we could like you could have done so much then we could like 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 yeah like PC culture was fucking annoying but like we could do this like Dude, it was number one. Like all that, like PC culture, like quote unquote, was like doing was like asking for you to like take some kind of stock and personal responsibility, like, and like you know not be a total ass, right? Um, and you either, but all that anybody ever really did with it was like make fun of it or try to overcompensate, right? And. If you're still sitting around quoting Lenny Bruce and George Carlin nonstop, then you might as well be quoting the Bible. Like yeah. you got that is part of the language, and the same with if we were still like welfare generations and didn't think that was weird, we would be different people. Yeah. End of the day, I love where you're at. Oh, okay. I'm happy about that. I we, we could go on forever. Yes. I know we could. We really could go on hey, this, for too This long. literally could be <laughs> like this could wind up going to like a fucking like a Starbucks down the street. Exactly. And, like, and uh, you know. Uh, but we have to wrap it up. Yeah. So the final question I always ask: uh-huh. What do you think of the word "gig"? I don't think of the word "gig." Uh, it's <laughs> like you know, it's one of those things uh, I think I used to kind of make fun of it because I had like a connotation with that and like the guy with like the ponytail at Guitar Center. 100%. Um, but now I don't care. It's yeah. like much like how like I used to get bent when people would call practice rehearsal. It's like, <laughs> yes, like, I what, agree. It's like, what, do you think we're in the fucking conservatory? Yes. Like, we're, rehearsal is what I do at Sketch. Yeah. Practice but, is what I do for bands. <laughs> but, but real talk, it's like, who the fuck cares? I, it's a, I, 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 like, if, if you're getting hung up on that kind of shit... Like, There's no hope for you. No, you're... <laughs> like, you cannot... You're certainly going to be the person who's like, and now i got to change what pronouns I use? Right? Uh, <laughs> like, within two seconds. Like, you cannot have a conversation with another human being if you think that the word gig or rehearsal or saying they or them or fucking any... If you're getting hung up on that kind of linguistics, you're doomed. Like, right. just fucking... Don't think of the word gig. It's right. a three-letter word. <laughs> It does not matter. It's 100% innocuous. I'm not going to think about it again until I ask the next guy. Ask, ask the next guy, and like, you know, hopefully we'll have something more insightful. Than, Perfect. Uh, no, I loved your answer. Bernard, I love you. This was great. I love you too, Jeff. Uh, thank you, buddy. Cool. Bye.